You're listening to SBS News. James Elder, as we approach this very grim milestone, what's been the effect on the people of Ukraine, especially the children? Well, obviously a lot of death and devastation. Just yesterday, I've been in Kharkiv in the region, uh, right on the on the front lines there and walking around the home of three young boys who last week were burned to death after a missile hit an oil depot. So the threat to life is very real and present, particularly for those on those front lines. But Anton, there's a mental health scarring that is that is also doing deep, deep damage. Just try and imagine, you know, as a family spending something like 200 days of the past two years, 200 days underground in a bunker, in a cold basement. That's what's happening given the relentlessness of attacks in Ukraine, particularly those frontline areas. So I think we tend to admire, rightly so, the resilience of Ukrainians, but it's coming at a real cost. And right now, through isolation and anxiety, that cost is mental health, particularly on kids and parents. It's a situation of great complexity, as you say. It must also be a source of frustration to you and other NGOs that the funding commitments have only hit around 10% of commitments. Um, That seems to be pointing towards donor fatigue. Look, there's no doubt there's crises all around the world. I think that, yes, you're right, the frustration for someone like me when I spent yesterday going around front lines with a doctor, a nurse and a child psychologist, seeing the work they do with mums and newborns and elderly and teenagers who have not been in a classroom for four years, two years of COVID, two years of this war, seeing that immense work, seeing a truck going around doing landmine risk education. Anton, Ukraine is now the most mined country on the planet. That kind of work saves lives. It gives families a chance to take a break. It's bitterly cold outside. It's snowing. The blankets, the rehabilitation of water systems, that's making a difference, giving people that that little boost that they need are under attack. But, yeah, you're right. It absolutely requires sustained funding, sustained compassion. And these days, compassion translates to fiscal support. We've seen the trauma of the people. We've seen the destruction of the landscape. Uh, and yet the situation persists. Uh, what more do you think you could say to governments internationally to get them to step up? Well, to, sh- to try and step in the shoes of the people here, to, to, take, to take one, I think it, that's so important, and I think it's important to try and understand what people are enduring, and no matter what happens, they will keep doing that. But if we are not, are not able to support people, particularly on mental health, particularly on counsellors, on safe spaces, on education, if we're not able to do that, this Ukrainian generation risks being lost. They are suffering from, you know, deep toxic stress. They need a parental con- con- parental management of that. As a child psychologist said to me, how does a parent possibly manage it when they're enduring that? So particularly for those countries here in Europe, this is a generation of young European children. These are absolutely critical to the country, to the region. So there, there is a there is a great argument in practice and in principle why Ukraine and Ukrainians still need that support. Okay, James Elder, thank you so much for your work and for speaking to us today. Thanks, Anton.